today uh, for another week of uh, Traveling Stories. Today we have Pastor Trey Hanning of Williamston First Baptist. Um, he has been there almost a year now, right, Pastor Trey? About nine months, yeah, a little under a year. Yeah, yeah. coming close to that year mark. Um, and before that, he was at, I want to make sure I got this right, Orville? Mm -hmm. Right. Orville, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. I want to make sure I got that right. You can go, you can go either way. Orville, Orville, but Orville. Okay, yeah. I just want to make sure. Which is in Anderson, and you were there yeah. for about three years there, correct? Yeah, a little under, yeah. Three years, yeah. So um, we're excited to bring him on. And um, I, me and Trey, we actually went to middle school, high school, um, primary school together. Um, mm -hmm. We uh, graduated the same year. Um, I never thought 20 years, almost 20 years later, that um, I would be a pastor. I don't know about you. Um, so, yeah, so no. that was not our thought no, no, no. when we were at Palmetto High School. Uh, but I'm excited to bring him on. And, Trey, if you don't mind, we always start out and we talk about our testimonies. And the scripture says that um, we are overcomers by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. It also talks, uh, um, I've also heard a story that we can unlock um, um, the prisons in our life by giving our testimony. We can unlock those things by giving our testimony. Can you tell me how your life was before you encountered Jesus? Sure. And uh, and first of all, thank you for having me on, Bobby. Appreciate it. Good to good to be with you. Um, yeah, before Christ uh, was was um, mundane, and um, we'll have we'll have plenty of time to talk about um, what happened after. But before Christ. Uh, I went through the motions. I was raised in church. I am I am very blessed with great parents who, um, you know, it's easy to say dragged to church, uh, but 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 really um, took me to church and let me see, let me witness what church life was. Um, very familiar with with Jesus. Um, it's a good lesson for the world. You can know Jesus, you can know of Jesus, and not know Jesus. Very very familiar with Jesus to the point that you take that knowledge for granted. Uh, it had not been transformed to anything. So my life before Christ, you know, I don't have a story in, in which I was um, running off doing crazy things. Um, but I had a life of just simple boredom. Um, I was completely bored with Jesus. Um, it was the last thing in my mind, although I knew and was constantly surrounded by Christians. Um, I took it for granted. And so my life before Christ, you know, the, the heart, the heartache and the, the heartbreak, mine came actually after. Um, but before Jesus, I was going through the motions. I was, I was the typical American Bible Belt, quote, Christian with no fruit. Um, walking in this world, um, knowing all the facts and having none of that transforming my heart. And so honestly, that, that was my life before Christ. Now, do you... It was not I don't, a, a crazy story. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, that's, that's pretty much the end of it. I don't have these crazy stories of, yeah. um, of, of my life going into a train wreck and, you know, getting, you know, finding these crazy addictions in my life. Um, I think I have more of the more typical experiences of just nonchalant nothingness. Uh, that's more of my story. And, and I think, and like you said, I believe we, there's more people out there that's like that. That's not, um, Oh my gosh. World's filled with it. Yeah, definitely. That's, that has gone to church, especially in the South, as, as we know. Um, I, I was always raised up on Sunday. We go to church. It wasn't just, mm -hmm. it was just the thing. I mean, it was what we did. I mean, we knew that. Mm -hmm. um, it wasn't really forced. It was just, we did it. <laughs> yeah, it's culture. It's the culture here. It's That's just, right. it's just part of Southern culture. That's right. And you know, we, in, in school, you would know people through, you know, youth groups, through things. And, and there would be times where you'd have services where you felt like, Hey, um, I had this encounter with Christ or this move with God. Um, but it truly, like you said, we just knew him. We were familiar with him. We didn't mm -hmm. um, actually have a relationship with him. We didn't actually, um, you know, know him. Um, mm -hmm. And do you remember that day that you came to have that encounter with God, that, that encounter that was, Hey, I'm not familiar with him anymore, but now I know this. Mm -hmm. He fulfilled this in my life. Yeah. So, um, I, I went swimming at age nine and that's my euphemism for, I went and got baptized, uh, but that's all it was. Uh, yeah. I, I went and got wet that day. Yeah. Um, I did it because uh, a friend did it and I wanted to also go get dunked. Uh, <laughs> and so I, I didn't know what I was doing. Um, I, I was 15 when, 
uh, I really looked in the word and had others pouring in, into my life and showing me the truth. Um, and so that's, that's the moment it was, we were, we were in youth group and, um, me and another good friend of mine, um, we both kind of just sensed, you know, there's something happening in our life where we're actually seeing the truth, um, in front of us through scripture. Um, and so having, having the word of God spoken into our, into our life by those above us, um, during this time, and then, um, going through a, a youth service together, you know, we really, we really said, okay, this is something else. This is not just, this is not just going to church. This is not just um, going in and getting dunked. This is, this is, this is the gospel call. Um, and so at, at, at that time, uh, when I was 15 is even though I had been raised and was familiar, um, I would argue that's the, the point in which I knew him um, and, and became converted. Do you remember that feeling afterwards? Um, how, because uh, uh, like I said, um, it's one thing, when you feel the call to come to come to him, to feel that gospel mm-hmm. call to give your life to him. But afterwards, I, I know there's still a struggle. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. It still comes at you. But I remember when I got saved, just the, the, it seemed like there was just a peace that fell upon me, a joy, a happiness. Um, mm-hmm. um, do you remember that feeling? Yeah, of course. Um, a, a sense of excitement. Yeah. A sense of, you know, um, and I think as a, as a youth too, you don't want to set the world on fire. You know, you know, you, you want to, you want to get after it and you're gung ho and you're ready to move. Uh, so certainly, um, I can remember the excitement and the joy, um, sometimes our joy wavers, but yeah. there's all, there's always a, a joy within us. Um, yeah, I certainly remember that, um, very, very well. Uh, people, I think it's common. People will say, I feel like I'm burning in my chest. There's a reason why we all use that terminology because we just, we, we sense God's presence in us. And, sure. Um, it's an excitement that's that's overwhelming, and I'm thankful for that for that overwhelming God who works in our lives in that way. Yeah, I definitely remember um, that time and and being able to share that with with others too, especially a good close friend who who was going through you know, similar things at that you know, at, at that very moment. Um, very very special night. Um, now I, I know uh, through high school, like I said, we I I never thought that I would be a pastor. Uh, yeah, um, I always thought that you know it's great, especially you know. Mine was later. Um, I actually came to know Christ. I grew up in the church like you did, but I came to actually really know Christ when in my freshman year of college um, mm-hmm. is when I, you know, gave my life to Jesus. Mm-hmm. But um, do do you uh, and do you remember the after you gave your life getting into serving? Um, as you said, when I when I got saved, I decided, hey, you know, I want to change the world. And I'll never forget the pastor. He was a gentleman. He was in his seventies. He was good, <laughs> good old. Southern pastor, he said, meet me here on Saturday. And I was so excited. I thought we was going to go out and just change the world. And that Saturday, he's like, okay, we're going to cut the grass. And I said, do what? I thought we was going to go change the world, you know? And he said, yeah. well, if you can't do the small stuff, then how can God help you with the big stuff? Or, or even bless you with it, it did in those big times. Um, and so do you remember how you got into serving? Yeah. And, um, you know, different churches take different approaches. I am. Um, Again, I I was very very blessed with the the men and women um, in in my life at the time, and I don't even know if I've I've told you this, but I, I grew up at Williamston First Baptist. So not only did I that's the church I was raised in. Yeah. I, not only did I not expect to be a pastor, but to pastor the church you grew up in, <laughs> that, that was going to be a never for me. <laughs> um, and so here we are. But I, I was blessed with great men and women who who poured into me. Um, there was uh, getting to service before that, even preceding that was, um, was my pastor, uh, Brad Barden, giving me discipleship, giving me, uh, you know, just pouring into my life. And uh, Brad is a um, leader by example. He's going to show you. Um, but in discipleship, he's going to also pull you one-on-one. He's going to say, this is kind of how, you know, and it's not even like he's having to, explain all right there's the steps he's just relational yes i was very very blessed to having uh, with having brad in my life and letting me um do things behind the scenes and letting me um, learn from him he's been a great mentor in my life still is to this day even um and so mine kind of started there with just pouring into me um sitting sometimes that meant just sitting down and talking for an hour you know 30 minutes 20 minutes about questions i had 
and um, him explaining ministry and stuff like that. So um, I have a lot of that to, to start with of just getting my mind right um, and getting my mind to understand the things of God and to understand the scriptures and to, to be a student. Um, and then, um, yeah, I started, I wanted to step up, you know, I, I wanted to be a part of, of the youth. I was still young. So I was in the youth group. Um, a lot of my service uh, did not come until, until later, um, giving into uh, ministry at the time in which I was saved. I wanted to change the world, but most of that was in a good, in a, in a good thing. It was done through the youth. We did a lot of you know youth projects. We'd go, we'd take trips and, and help with, with homes. Um, we'd, we'd do mission trips and stuff like that. Very, very excited about those things. And then uh, later, it wasn't really until later on in life that I started to understand, okay, the importance of the local church service that, you're a part of the body week in, week out. This is not a trip you take once. It's a, it's a lifestyle. It's an, it's an everyday being a part of the body of Christ. That started to come a little bit later in my life. Yes. Um, so I know, um, if I'm not mistaken, you started out um, as like a history major, correct? Yeah, yeah. Um, this, is, uh, this is where my life gets messy. Um, <laughs> I got, my life gets very, very messy. Um, so this is what I talked about the heartache coming later. I, uh, I sensed, you know, shortly after we graduated from the same school on the same day, you know, I, I could feel God pulling me into something and I'm having a lot of questions. What do you want me to do? What do you, what, what's happening here? And, um, that's kind of the, the precursor to understanding and discerning, okay, there's, there's ministry ahead uh, waiting for me in life. Um, a lot of people talk about running from it or being somewhat opposed to it. And they kind of fight against it for a while. I, I was, I was scared. And I, from day one said, no, yeah. um, absolutely. From day one said, no, um, my, my relationship with God was not severed. Um, I, I walked away. Um, I had, I went from being excited to, I want nothing to do. Um, and it's, it's a good example of what bitterness will do to your, to your walk. It'll ruin it. Yeah. Um, I, I, I was at Anderson. Um, you know, I went to Anderson university mm-hmm. and I was surrounded by Christians yeah. all day long and I hated it. I hated it. I hated it. I was kind of reminded of here's, you know, other students, here's, you know, young men and women who they know what God's doing in their life. They know that God has his will impressed upon them and they're following it. And I'm over here saying, I got to look at them every single day. I wanted nothing to do with it. Um, my prayer life vanished. My time in the word vanished. Um, little bit by little bit, you know, miss a Sunday. Well, now I got an excuse to find a, a Sunday to not go to church. And then, you know, before you know it, I'm gone from Anderson and I transfer. And uh, I, I, I wanted to be a history teacher. And so that calling in my life, um, I mean, I didn't just turn around and, and run. I got on a jet and tried to get as far away as possible from it. Um, and it, and it gave me a lot of, a, a lot of agony and a lot of misery. My, my you know, ministry did not start until late, but it was from years of abandoning the call and walking away from the call. Um, and my, my, my relationship with Christ suffered greatly, greatly. And, um, I believe that's one of the ways in which God does judge us righteously is he gives you the desires of your heart and he gives you what you want. If you want this, Hey, go for it. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, and that's what he did with me. So if you want that, you think that's what you want that's healthy in your life, go for it and see how that works out for you. <laughs> and uh, It was, it was misery. It was agony. Um, so it's a lot of, um, you know, I, I don't want to put myself in the shoes of biblical characters, but I do feel a sense of the prodigal son. I do feel a sense of, um, going away and, and walking away and, and, and trying to enjoy the world and trying to enjoy the things of the world. And, um, and I did for a time and it never filled the void. I was, you know, trying to quote, have fun during the day. And I found myself laying in bed at night, you know, just wrestling, tossing, turning, um, just absolutely miserable. And so you, it's an addiction. You find yourself the next doing the next, the, the next week, doing the exact same thing, trying to fill, trying to, and you never can, you yeah. never can. And so, um, I, I had to be broken apart. I had to be absolutely hammered away, um, by God uh, until finally he, he broke me. And I said, I'm done. I'm done. Okay. I'm done. Um, and I'm very, very thankful for that because I wasn't searching for it. I, I did not wake up and say, you know what, maybe I'll look back at ministry. 
Yeah. You know, um, it was a, it was a vivid Saturday morning in which I just, you know, I, I think I opened my Bible for the first time in probably years. I mm-hmm. uh, found myself in the Psalms and uh, I, I realized the call never left yeah. and, and God's faithful and God is good. And um, although I've ran and ran and ran, he's, he said, it's fine. You're going to run for a time. You're going to run for some seasons in life. Um, but I'm going to have my way and I'm going to have my will done. And um, I said, all right, fine. I'm done. I'm done running. I'm done. No more. I can't take it anymore. Um, you know, I'm sobbing. I'm crying. And um, my life has drastically changed from that day. And, you know, I say all that to also, I, I want to speak to other ones who have similar stories. Um, there's times in your life where, for many people, the moment they're converted, they have that conversion, you know, experience. That's their big day. Sure. My big day, my big day was giving in later. I, I was excited about that day. Don't get me wrong. It's the greatest day of my life in which to be honest with you. I was saved, but feeling and knowing that God's faithful, despite all that I had done in my life and despite all that I had you know, been running from, you know, God doesn't give up. He, he doesn't, he doesn't change his mind, doesn't change his plans. His will is going to be done. Um, he's forever faithful. Um, and so some of you who are watching this, you're going to have messy testimonies. I can't really piece together all the dates. That's okay. Um, That's right. God is, God is good. And um, he, he, he allows us to go through these seasons knowing good and well that his will is going to be done. So if you have one of those similar stories, don't beat yourself up for it. You know, don't beat yourself up. Uh, be thankful that God doesn't give up on us and, and that God has got his hand on us. Now, when you, I, I know you said it was a Saturday morning, you just got up and just mm-hmm. started reading the Bible. Was it something that, um, prompt you to do that or was it just you just woke up and said hey this is this is um this is something you know, I-, we, I think a lot of times we use the term you know it impressed upon me yeah you know, it was impressed upon, and I, I would i would certainly argue that's part of it but it was it's a culmination of things I, I certainly felt an impression upon me that i needed to be in the word but more than anything you know i woke up every day miserable i mean my going to bed was a time of misery and waking up was a time of misery every day for me yeah. during that season in life because I was reminded of, of I, I got to figure out something. That's right. I, I got to, I got to find a way to get away from God. I got to find, I mean, it was a constant thing in my mind. I got to find a way to try to, to get him out of my life. Um, and so him impressing upon me, um, just having a peace. Uh, I think that's certainly a word that gets used a lot. I had a, a, just a sense of peace and knowing that, you know, he's not done with me. He hasn't, he has, even though I've, I've, I've walked away and abandoned him, he has not done the same for me, uh, sensing that. Um, and just, 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 I can't take it anymore. I mean, he, he took me to, he let me go to the brink where I said, I can't, I can't take it. If I don't, if I don't figure out something, I'm not going to make it. I, I can't do this anymore. And so I'm very, very thankful for that brokenness. Just that, I mean, that, that tipping point of brokenness in which he said, okay, now it's time. I've got you. Okay. Uh, you've been brought low. Now you're going to work for me. Now you're mine. Now, how hard was it to get back into a church atmosphere after that? Um, because, you know, you go through this time where you're away from the church. And it's, mm-hmm. and it's one thing to get back into your mindset of, hey, um, you know, I'm going to get back to reading the word. I'm going to get back to worshiping and praying. Um, but then your mind, it, if it's anything like I've, I've felt, the enemy starts saying, well, yeah, you can do that by yourself. But coming back. There's yeah. people that say, you know, that judge, or there's people that are going to be saying, hey, you know, they ran away or different things like that. Mm-hmm. How, how was that mind? How, how did that happen? I had, I had times maybe um, more than anything. And I, when I, whenever that, when that happened in my life, I was a sponge. I mean, yeah. I, I wanted, I wanted to know everything in a good way. I wanted to read the word. I wanted to be in the word. So I was studying like, a madman because I'm looking at my, my past life and saying, you wasted all those years, never being in the word. Now I want to know God. And the only way I can do that is if I go to his word and I have to know him, um, I got to draw near to him and he promises to draw near to his people. Um, and so I, I mean, the apostle Paul has been, you know, uh, such an influence on my life from the scriptures. I'm looking at his life and I'm seeing other disciples look at him and say, I don't know if we can trust this guy. He kills us. Uh, he's, he's hunting us down. Uh, and then all it takes is one. All it takes is one disciple to put his arm around him and say, you know, hey, God's, God's using this man. And so we're going we're gonna to bring him in. Um, you know, Paul didn't let his reputation of his past 
change God's calling on his life. And I tried to operate under you know, a similar mindset. And certainly not all. We all feel like the chief of sinners at times. Right. Um, but but I, I tried to just adopt that mindset. If someone's not going to be for you, um, especially in the church, um, I mean, what can you do? Don't lose any sleep over it. Yeah. Um, because, I mean, that's just evidence of God's strength to use our weakness. So um, there were times where it was certainly hard to get back into it, but I was ready. I'll be honest, I was thirsty, man. Sure. I, was ready to get, I was ready to get moving. So I was excited. It was almost like I had been looking up all that wasted time and saying, now I got to get to work. Now I got to gotta make, not make up for it, but in a sense, make up for it. Yeah. And the reason why I mentioned that is because like many of us um, might, like you said, have that story where in their mm-hmm. young age, they were in church. They even might even started serving. Even some of them felt, um, some of them even said, Hey, you know, we feel like there's a ministry in your part. And then we, they went away or, you know, walked away. Mm-hmm. And, and now they're trying to make the decision they know that they're missing something. They know that they're missing, you know, God mm-hmm. and they're wanting to get, you know, sponge, as you said, sponge, get it all in. Um, but they feel like because of their past, when they walk into the building, yeah, it's, it's going to be rough. And, and like, yeah. if you have that, if you're having this testimony, your, our mindset needs to be, shouldn't worry about the people around us. It should worry about us and God. Am I correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and I, 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 I'm, I'm pretty blunt. Uh, so I'd, I'd say this to, I'm not, not saying this about, you know, our, our respective churches, yes. but if anybody's watching this and you have a past and you have scars and you go and you are in the midst of a body of believers who do not accept you find another body. Yes. And that sounds terrible to say, mm-hmm. but um, you know, we're the people of God who um, are celebrating and worshiping God because of what he's doing in our life. Um, and so I, I was just blessed enough to be a part of a body that whenever I came forward and said, here's my past, here's what I've done. I've lied to you all. Again, I know all these people for years. Mm-hmm. I told, I told our congregation two weeks ago on a Sunday, I said, again, I'm bring, I'm letting you know, I've lied to you all in my past. Like I've been, <laughs> I've been a nobody here for geez, like not in a good way either. <laughs> um, and so, so I, 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 if you can't get people to, to celebrate that with you, you're in the wrong people. Okay. I hate to say that, um, right. but, but God's people have always looked at, 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 you know, getting after the initial shock of the Paul. Hey, that's the guy who was murdering us. Look what he did. Cause he was brought in and he was celebrated. So I, I, that sounds like terrible advice, but it's, it's really not find another body of, of believers. And, and that goes, you know, for any, the churches that are watching this, make sure you understand your words, your actions um, could cause, somebody else to lose out um to a point luckily you know you said you know you were headstrong you understood hey there's just one we're good Mm -hmm. Um, some people don't have that mindset though so as churches you know not just and yeah true um, and we need to be churches that say hey we will not accept what you came from but accept you for what god is doing through you Um, Mm -hmm. and so we need to have that mindset so with that being said, I know you went to uh, seminary. Or, uh, mm-hmm. uh, how was that? Um, how um, I know you're in that sponge mindset, um, but what was the mindset to go to further that uh, ministry by furthering your education? A um, a a long a longing for um, for knowing God more and more. That still to this day, if you ever reach a point. If you ever reach a point in your walk where you say, I figured it out, you're in, you're in, you're in trouble, you're yeah. in deep, deep water. Um, and, and so there's an ongoing longing for us to know God more and to understand God more. And this is the reason why you can read the scriptures 10 times and say, okay, I'm still pulling out and I'm still digging and I'm still seeing what God's doing. Oh, this connects you know, the old Testament. Oh, this points forward to this. You know, we're always making these connections in God's word. And so, Seminary for me was a, was a no brainer. Um, yes, I'm a, I'm a sponge. Yes, I'm reading. Yes, I'm studying, but I need other people pouring into me too. So I need, I need, um, you know, some type of formal education in which I can really learn from those who have come before me. Um, you know, scripture says nothing new under the sun. It's true. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of, a lot of men and women before us That's right. have studied and uh, they're no dummies. Um, <laughs> so we need to learn from people before us so we can teach, you know, generations after us. 
Um, and so I, 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 it was a no brainer for me. I, I wanted to, to know God more and I wanted to study. I wanted to learn how to study. That's another thing. It's yeah. one thing to say, I'm just going to read it over and over. I need to, I need to know how to study better. Um, yeah. and just practical training. I knew that ministry was going to happen in some regard. Didn't know exactly what that was going to look like, but I needed practical application too. Um, seminary can teach you, it can teach you everything about ministry, but it sure can teach you a lot of heart, you know, things that would break your heart later. And it, it certainly will uh, help prepare you for the practical side of, of church ministry. I needed that in my life. I had great disciples um, pouring into me. I had great discipleship, but I also needed, I needed more. I needed to understand more. So it, for me, it was a very, very easy decision. Yes. And um, so I know you went to Orville for, like I said, the three years, a little under three mm-hmm. years. And then um, you had the opportunity to come back home, as you said. Mm-hmm. Um, I know there was a joy, but also a very uh, nervousness. Oh, man. Oh, man. Yeah, because, see, I'm, I'm at the church also that I got saved in. So I got yeah. saved, and I'm there. You know what I mean? They mm-hmm. know me before I was pastor, before I mm-hmm. uh, when I was just that little young person running around. Being yeah. Person. How, how was that, um, especially that first Sunday, um, how was that like? Whew. Um, I look back on that. So, uh, I mean, the, the first word I've got is it was special. It was a really special day and very, very emotional day. It was, you know, for, for many reasons, you know, for, for number one, it was just more evidence of God being faithful in my life. I'm looking back even, you know, still today, all the many ways I failed him and abandoned him and walked away. And yet he's still just using and, and still calling on, you know, things in my life. And so first and foremost, it was, you know, I don't know why you're blessing me like this. I know I don't deserve it, but I'm sure I'm glad you're, you know, I'm thankful for this. Um, and then I, it was, it was, it's not bittersweet. I'm not sure the word I even want to use here. Um, excitement with not fear, but fear. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's a, it's a worldly fear. Um, these are the people who know you. They know everything about you. Some of them kept you in the nursery. Um, they know your past life. They know um, they know just about everything about you. And now you got to lead them. And it's you know there's a fear there of God. Don't send me back quote home because they're not going to listen to me. You know right. they're uh, they're going to say how cute that's the, you know, the little lad who grew up here, you know, up there playing. And, you know, that's just, that's just, you know, the enemy talking and that's just the world worldly fear I've mentioned because they've been, they've been so good to me. Uh, they have welcomed me back with open arms, me and my wife both. And, um, just been so good to us. And so, um, you gotta lead. You have to just put those other thoughts aside and it's time to lead. It's time to be what God has called you to be. And, um, that first, but that first day, I get back to the original question. The first day was really special, really, really special day. I will never, I mean, for as long as I live, I will always have that memory. And uh, I look, I look at, I look back on it with just a great, great joy. Um, and just a, a, just a wonderful memory in, in my life. And, and we get into this year and like you said, you've been there nine months and then mm-hmm. three months ago, <laughs> um, <laughs> Life as we know it gets turned on. Um, and especially in a small community as of Williamson, where we think this will never happen here. Um, mm-hmm. we, we have this uh, virus that comes in. Um, and I, I've been asking this, what, what's your first thought when we go into this? And then how difficult was it to minister? I know, um, and, and I've seen the stuff that First Baptist has put out, and, and it's been awesome. It's been great. And I've seen a lot of pastors. We've had to step up our game in a lot of different places in different ways. Can you tell us the challenges with that? And also, like I said, your first thoughts when this all started happening? Uh, from day one, um, I have said this is going to be one of the best things to ever happen for the church and the Big C Church as well. Um, um, there's times and seasons in which God takes the winnowing fork. And um, if, if there's been, um, if there's been problems with church health in the world, I think this is a, another good example of God allowing something to happen um, in his sovereign will and in his sovereign way. Um, it's time to put up or shut up. It's time to show 
what you're made of. And if you're, if you're here, you're here. If you're not, you're not. Um, I think the church overall will come out of this pandemic healthier than ever before. Um, I think the church is, is really going to have a major benefit from this. Uh, I think it's woken a lot of people up um, to understand how fragile life is. Um, there's going to be no more side. Like, I mean, you can't have sidelines and they just, they just, we don't have time. That's right. Um, we don't have time to play church. We just don't. And so on one side, you've got people who were never a part of the church, although they go to it, they're out. And on the other side, you've got people waking up. They're starting to get hungry. They're starting to get thirsty. And now they're about to break and mourn and say, I need, I need Jesus. We're ready. And we better be ready because um, that's going to put a we're going to put a lot of hard work in, but but that's coming. Um, and I'm I, I've been I've I've maintained that since day one. That's going to be a, a great um, benefit for the church. With that said, this is tough. <laughs> it's just really tough. Um, I, I love the movie um, Schindler's List, and uh, there's a heartbreaking scene at the end of it in which Oscar, I'm not trying to spoil that movie. If you haven't watched it, you need to go watch it. <laughs> Anybody watching this, go watch Schindler's List. Um, it's about the, the Holocaust and Oscar Schindler um, trying to save Jews from, from the Holocaust. At the very end of it, he is sitting with all of these Jews that he has helped, you know, get out of Nazi Germany. And uh, he says, I could have done more. I could have done more. I could have saved more. I could, and, and they said, stop, 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 stop. We thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I think, you know, you, and I'm sure you, you can attest to this. You've had people saying, thank you for what you're doing during the, during the pandemic. Thank you for what you're trying to do. It, it doesn't feel like you can do enough yeah. and you feel helpless. You feel like you're handcuffed. Um, you want to go do you know things that we know is our ministry and calling. And we feel like we can't. Sure. I think the mental anguish has been, probably the toughest part for me. I've had days in which I just going like, you know, this is ridiculous. Can we just please get over this? I'm ready to get not back to normalcy, but back to being able to do some of the things we want to do. We can't even go to nursing homes. You know, we can't even do one of the most easy things just to sit with somebody and and just talk to them. And you can't even do that. Um, So that to me has been the biggest challenge. Um, We've had to be creative and churches have had to to get creative um, and how they're ministering and getting their message out. Um, it's probably a good thing um, because I think that'll have good benefit long-term too. It makes us think outside the box. We're used to this. We're used to doing this. We're used to doing this. This is our routine. Shake it up. You know, we get stuck in a rut. Um, I think the, that's been one nice challenge. It's tough, but it's forced us to say, Hey, we gotta, we gotta figure some things out. We gotta use our minds. Um, and we gotta figure out ways we're going to step outside the box of our, our normalcy. Right. I'm tired of normal. And I, I told, I told our churches, I'm tired of the routine. Right. I'm, I don't know about you, but I'm tired of it. I, it's time. It's time we figure some stuff out. It's really time for us to, to get outside the box. So um, it's a challenge, but it's good. And, so, and you know, it's, we're it's a good thing. truly blessed now too, because um, I think if this would have happened 20 years ago when we were in high school, um, mm-hmm. the technology that we have now, we oh, man. Have services and still have, yeah. um, you know, meetings like this conversations mm-hmm. um you know but 20 years ago um i can imagine if something like this went on um, oh man yeah churches would just had to shut down i mean not i mean just saying they would have to shut down completely yeah yeah um, and think about how many people but at least we've been able to get the word out um, mm-hmm. um i know from our behalf when we went back to service we had if I'm not mistaken, seven new people that had watched online that never came into our service because mm-hmm. they watched it online. They were able mm-hmm. to do the ministry during this time. And, you know, we have to take those uh, fears in those times of what are we coming out of? What are we going to and take them as opportunities? Um, yeah. let, let our pits be opportunities. Let our, you know, hard yeah. times be opportunities. Because if we don't allow those things, those things, those things that come our way to be opportunities, our fears, our, our struggles are, you know, then I think we're going to get left behind Yeah. in those times. And, um, and, and like I said, it, it's great. Um, I know uh, a, a mutual friend of ours, you know, 
he he helped I know he helped y'all with the the uh, technology side of it to get better picture, get better things. Mm-hmm. He was, I know he was a blessing. Um, Very much so. <laughs> yeah, I had Very a much time so. helped us get it get it running and get it rolling. But it's made yeah. pastors understand. Um, yeah, the word is the most important thing. Getting that word out. But sometimes we have to think outside of those boxes. Reach out to those people that have different skill sets than us. And yeah, sure. Different because and and then we start realizing that. As the scripture says, you know, the, the toe has a part, the elbow has a part, the finger, you know what I'm saying? We start relaxing. Yeah. yeah. We together, we can do what the body's called us to be. Mm-hmm. Um, now, we are both pastoring in a community of 4,000 people mm-hmm. in the city limits, um, which is a smaller, I mean, it's not a huge. Um, with that being said, uh, with a small community like that, um, we think there's going to be uh, so many opportunities, but uh, I think about it. I don't know how many churches are in Williamson. I feel like there's like 75 churches in Williamson. There's a lot. <laughs> you know, it's a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> you can go to any kind of church you want to in the town of Williamson. It's a buffet. Yes, definitely. But as as pastors, as the body of Christ, there are still so many people that are falling through the cracks. Mm-hmm. How, as the body of Christ, in even in a small community like this, how how can we come together to do the work of God without? Mm-hmm. Because a lot of times I feel like uh, in, in smaller communities you have more competition between churches than actually combining with churches. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Um, yeah, well, I think there is a new movement of people that are coming through, a new movement of leaders that are coming through that understands that. Um, it's not a competition. It's more of uniting together to do the work of God. Sure. Um, and so how do you think as a small community, as the body of Christ could, can start uniting together to do these type of things? Number one, go through a pandemic. Yes. In your church that, that couple weeks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, That'll, that'll definitely do it. Um, it just changes the heart when you go through something crazy like this. Um, but no, it's, I, I, there's going to have to be a lot of humility. Uh, this, it really starts here and here. Um, uh, if you've got it in your head that it is a competition, um, you know, you might, you might make decisions trying to outdo the other ones, but you won't make disciples. Sure. And uh, that's, that's been one of my, my biggest things. I'm not looking for numbers. I'm not looking to, Hey, they got this number over here. So we're trying to double it. Uh, no, it's, it's going to have to be like-minded. And it does have to be like-minded churches, like-minded churches, understanding the, the goal of why we're here. Why are we here? If you're here to earn or to get a certain amount for that weekly budget, you know, pack it up, man. It's, yeah. it's not just, you're doing it for the wrong reason. Um, if you're doing it to be more popular than the pastor down the road, or if you're doing it to have a bigger congregation or anything like that, you know, this, we're not here for this. Um, and so it takes like-mindedness in understanding that God is to be worshiped and he's got a calling for us and it's to go and make disciples. If we can get on board with that and if we can get people who are like-minded understanding this, that we do this in unison, there's a movement that starts in small towns it starts in communities and it can can start in big cities it can start small and 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 have a large reach um to me it comes back to 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 up here mentally and in the heart that if if we're what's our motive if you can explain if you can give people a motive for things they'll latch on but they got to know why um if if if, let's say every you know like you said you know joking around but let's say 75 churches came together for, for for some kind of service whatever it may be if we do that because it feels good it, we'll get tired of it after week one yes. because who cares? You're just recharging your batteries week to week. But if you have like-mindedness in that God is to be worshiped and we're here to make disciples at whatever cost, if we can get on board with that, we got a whole new movement. That's We've right. got a whole new, a whole new worldview. We have a whole new motive in our heart. Uh, I think it begins there with everybody being on the same page for why do we want to do it in the first place? Is it to, is it to say for us, or is it because we want to see the gospel in our, in our community? Is it because we want to see the gospel in Williamson? You know, I think it begins there with motive and taking it back to basics to understanding here's why we are here. You were made for worship. You were made for the sole purpose 
of worship. And one of the ways in which you do that is you proclaim the gospel and you make disciples. I think to me, it begins there getting back on, on the same track together. Right. And, and, you know, and I, and I mentioned that just because, um, you know, even in small towns now, we need a movement of God. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. Big time. Yes. Even in our small town, small town, we're seeing more, uh, you know, crime rates going up, shootings going up, that kind of things going around mm-hmm. in our town of 4,000 or right outside of our town of 4,000. Yeah. Um, you know, and we just need a movement of God and it's going to take, like you said, like-minded people coming together for the right reasons, for the right purpose. Um, mm-hmm. to, to really There's a lot of numbness in, in small towns, That's a lot great. of numbness. I'm numb to the gospel. I've heard Jesus so many times. I've heard my friends talk about Jesus so many times. Um, you know, are you saved? Yeah, I got baptized. I didn't ask that. Are you saved? <laughs> There's a lot of that. Um, I walked down the aisle. I made a decision when I was eight, a lot of easy believism that there's zero fruit. That's and that right. sounds, that sounds like me just being judgmental, but Hey, I mean, I mean, you show evidence by your fruit. Yeah. Um, and our churches, by the way, are not packed out. Right. There's not 4,000 people, no. um, you know, as, as the body of Christ in Williamston. And so there's work to do. And I think a lot of it is, you know, small towns have it, say have it rough but we're accustomed we're it's, it's part of our culture it's right. just part of our culture sure. and when you have so many people that have some some level or degree of understanding of the gospel when you mention it it's oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> e- easily accepted you know oh yeah yeah I've, I've been told that i know that stuff right. um there's a there's a major challenge there and so that's why discipleship is so important that's why it's pouring into people you know it doesn't I'm not trying to get somebody to make a quick decision right there on the spot. Sometimes that happens. I'm, I'm glad it does. But a lot of times it's going to be week in, week out, daily. How you doing? Checking on you, getting to know them, <laughs> sharing a meal, building relationship. It's, it's just, that's, that's the work that's ahead of us. That's right. And, and, you know, I love that you brought up the fruit part because I've been um, preaching this for years now. Um, we, we need to get back to Christians that produce fruit. Mm-hmm. not just gifts. Um, yeah. we, all, we all like the gifts, but the gifts are given, you know what I'm saying? Produce, fruit is produced. The gifts are given. Mm-hmm. And yeah. we need to start producing those fruits wherever we're at, wherever we're going. If people are, if, if you're an apple tree, you're not going to produce an orange. And uh, there's so many people out there that's calling themselves Christians. Or as you said, are you saved? And they go, oh, I go to Restoration Chapel. I go to First Didn't Baptist. ask that. <laughs> we didn't ask you what church you went to. Yeah. We asked you, did have, do you have a relationship with Jesus yeah. Christ? Have you had an encounter with Jesus? And I believe that we're in a time now where if our, our churches would come together, as you said, and understand that uh, uh, what our purpose is, and that's to glorify God, to worship Him, to mm-hmm. on high, and then people will begin to see their change. We'll be able to see fruit like we've never seen mm-hmm. before. Um, with that being said, uh, I uh, always ask this towards the end because I always believe this. If you were talking to somebody that had just gotten saved, and we talked about this a little bit beforehand, um, that's given their life to God, because there's going to be a lot of people here that have given their life to Jesus. They're excited. They're on fire for God. Uh, but they, there's still that growing time, as we just talked about. There's always going to be growing time. It doesn't matter if you're um, – eight or you're 89, 90, 105, um, you're going to be growing. What would you tell them? What, what advice would you give them about the wall? Get ready. Uh, it's coming. Uh, get ready for the, for the onslaught, not to scare you. Um, you know, it's, it's for, for years, for, for generations, uh, the faith has, has kind of somehow been molded into, all right, your life is rough and you're going through bad things. Um, and so now give, give your life to Christ um, and it'll get easier. Um, make him Lord of your life and it will get easier. And I, I would tell the lost, I would tell the saved, he's Lord of your life no matter what, whether you are saved or lost, he's already Lord and you acknowledging him does not take him on or off the throne. Um, you need to repent and believe. <laughs> That's what you, what you need to do. Now, if you've, if you've done that and you've, if you understood the gospel, um, I've, I've repented. I believe in the crucified and risen son. I, I would point them back to understanding, you know, look at the disciples, look at what happened in their life. It's not a promise for you, but the very, the very direct followers, all but one murdered. Um, the enemies at work, 
The enemy doesn't want the message of the gospel to go out. Make him mad <laughs> by producing fruit um, and get ready because the battle's coming. He's going to attack you. Um, he doesn't want you to grow. Um, and I would I, honestly, I, I do this every time that I'm talking to either two new converts or explaining the gospel away. We, we often, we often go short on, on our explanation. Jesus loves you and he died for you. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, and you tell, if you're telling somebody who's, who's lost, Jesus loves them. Well, they, they love themselves too. Great. So what? Um, they need to know their brokenness. Um, they need to know they need a savior and they have a, a Christ, a Messiah who has come and gone to a cross for them, but also raised from the dead for them to justify them that they have eternal hope. But again, it still doesn't stop there. And this, this is, I know I'm giving a long answer, but this is where I would go back to that, to that new convert. I, I'd, I'd remind them of the last words. Um, one of the, one of the great lessons I taught to me was listen to people's last words, go back through history and look at people's last words. Or if you're thinking about a deathbed, let's, let's say, you know, you're, I hate to be morbid, but you're passing away and you got your spouse there. The very last thing you're going to say to your spouse is not going to be, did you forget to turn off the oven? You know, it's not, it's going to be, I love you. It's going to be something very, very special that you want them to remember. You want them to have that tucked away in their mind uh, forever. And you do that with, with looking at Christ and he's got his disciples. And before he ascends, the very last thing that he can say in the flesh to them, go and make disciples, baptizing in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. And remember, I'm with you. I'm with you forever. Keep teaching people. Keep plugging away. Go make disciples. Go pour into people. But I'm with you. Don't forget it. And then he's gone. Yes. That's the last that's the last thing he could, he wanted to say to him was the command to go and make disciples. That means something. Uh, I would use all that new convert. Your life is just beginning. You've got a lot left and you're going to, you're going to give. And so you're, you've got a whole new passion. And so your passion now changes from not just, not just enjoying this new status, but also you're going to be used. And so get ready get ready, get ready to be used and get ready to be on a new path, a new journey. That's very, very exciting. You're going to have joy in God. And if you want to experience that joy more than ever, go and make disciples. People, people long for the presence of God all the time. I'm just not feeling God. I'm like, what have you done for God? Mm -hmm. Well, <laughs> he promises his forever presence. When we go and make disciples, he's with you forever. If you want to experience God and know God, go make disciples, go preach, go tell the gospel. Um, and that's, that's the, the nicest way to, to feel. I love that. You can experience God every single day. Sure. Um, and so that, that'd be my, my parting words. If I had to be able to say something to a new convert that I might not see again or, or something like that, but that'd be my first thing is just, just get ready, get ready. Life's changing forever from now on. That's right. And, and I, I love that because there's a lot of people that's going to need to understand that just because you give your life to Jesus, it's not unicorns and clouds anymore. Mm -hmm. um, there's, mm -hmm. there's going to be rough times. Life gets messy. That's right. It gets messy. Um, you know, uh, when a dear gentleman told me once before, when you turn your back on the devil, then he's going to try to jump right back in front of you. So, mm -hmm. uh, but it, it's true, though. I mean, there's going to be struggle. Um, there's an old Southern Gospel song that says he never promised that the cross would not get heavy or mm -hmm. that it would not be hard to climb, but he did promise that he would be there with you through it, through it all. And yeah. We need to understand that as, as the body of Christ, as Christians, as leaders. Also, as leaders, we need to understand that not everybody's going to be in the same place at the same time. There, mm -hmm. um, there's going to be days your worship leader's going through a struggle. There's going to be days that your yeah. school teacher's going through a struggle. There's going to mm -hmm. be days that we're going through a struggle. Big time. <laughs> as Big a time. And, it, and it yeah. most likely it's going to be on a Sunday morning right before we get up to speak. <laughs> but most of the time, <laughs> right? Oh, for some reason, it never happens on a Thursday or Friday. It's always, mm -hmm. so, yep. Um, but but everybody's going through that. So if we would understand that grace part of it, also as God gives us grace, we get grace is good. Yes, definitely. <laughs> grace is really good. I'm very very thankful for it. That's right. But if if, if God can give us grace, we can give grace to others because absolutely, we, and they're not going to be going 
there, there's going to be a struggle and there's going to be mistakes that are made and there's going to be times that we fall. But John Piper said, uh, gentlemen, we are not professionals. You know, we are not professionals and we're just shepherds. We're just common people. All of us, that goes for every single one of us in the church body. We're not professionals. We might try to be slick at times, but we are not professionals. <laughs> we're just not. That's correct. That's correct. And, and as as we go to close, I, I want to say thank you so much. Thank you for doing Yeah, it. man. Thank you. Thank you for your words. And um, we're blessed to have you in our town, in our community, and preaching for the last year. I know you've been here since you were a child, but still now in the ministry role. Back. Yes, that's correct. Uh, But we thank you so much. Thank you for joining us on this. Thanks, Bobby. Is there any last words that you'd like to tell people? Um, Your people or people in general? Anybody that watches this, yes. Hey, hey, love your pastors. Treat your pastors well. Um, It kind of goes back to what Bobby was saying, show grace. Um, You know, sheep have teeth. Don't use them to bite. Uh, (laughs) uh, be, Be graceful to each other, um, live pastors in prayer. Um, you know, all we said with testimony and some of you guys are thinking about going into ministry, that sort of thing. Ask what you can do, go to your pastor and say, how can I be used? What can I do for you today? How can I be used for the kingdom today? Um, you want to make your pastor's day, go and ask, what can I do for the kingdom of God today? How can I, how can I be discipled today? You know, do these things, but support your, support your pastor, support each other, um, be unified in Christ and through Christ. Um, and I'll, I'll share what, uh, pastor Joel at our church said, I think the first Sunday we were back, it's time for us to get off the cruise ship and be a battleship. Get ready. There's a lot of people. Harvest is ready. we got to be people who are ready to go get to work. That's right. With that being said, as I said, he's at uh, Williamston First Baptist. If you're in the town of Williamston, you can either stop by Restoration Chapel or you can stop by Williamston First Baptist. Um, Love to have you. Yeah, what's the address there? We are 116 East Main Street, yes. right across from Walgreens. Yes, right across from Walgreens, right there on Main Street. You can stop by. Um, you are just Sunday morning services right now. Uh, as right now, right now. We are just doing Sunday morning at 11. Um, also, you can follow them on Facebook. Um, I know they've been doing Wednesday night services on Facebook. And yep, we have uh, Sunday nights at 6 p.m. and Wednesday nights at 6.30 p.m. Right. And I think your Sunday morning is also being on. Uh, uh, we are streaming it live at 11. Yeah. So, yes, yeah, so if you don't even feel, if you don't feel comfortable yet of getting out of the house or feel comfortable because of the things that are going yeah. You can um, either watch online or you can show up. Um, I know they'd love to have you. I know Trey would wave at you and, and say, you know, good morning. So he'd be excited for you. to Absolutely. Be um, of course. Thank you so much. We thank you for watching. Um, please be on the lookout. Um, as many of you know, this is on uh, Facebook. It's probably where you're watching that on Facebook. It's on YouTube. Um, we're also doing podcasts of this. It's on Spotify, on uh, Apple um, on Anchor. Uh, there's a bunch of them. It's on. Um, we can put a list of that below. But we thank you so much for watching. God bless you. We love each and every one of you, and we um, hope to see you soon on Traveling Stories. <laughs>